0: Support for this podcast comes from AppCast. You may have heard of AppCast. They've been the global leader in programmatic job advertising for the last 10 years. But now, there's so much more. Following their acquisition of Bayard, they now offer a whole suite of recruitment marketing solutions, still driven by their industry-leading tech, data-driven approach and world-class team of experts. Need to fill a funnel of qualified applicants? Head to appcast.io to learn more. That's appcast.io.
1: There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history.
0: Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 575 of the Recruiting Future podcast. One of the key themes that's come out of my conversations with TA practitioners on the podcast this year has been the importance of flexibility and agility. This isn't really surprising as we seem to be bouncing between panic mass hiring and panic mass layoffs faster than ever when it comes to in-house recruiting teams. This situation can't be sustainable. However, opportunity always comes out of chaos, and outsourcing to achieve the flexibility needed in these disruptive times is certainly something on the radar of many employers. So how are RPOs evolving to meet the current market conditions, and what might the future of the TA function look like? My guest this week is Don Farr, Managing Director North America at TalentWorks. Don has a huge amount of experience as a head of talent acquisition and is the perfect person to talk about the future relationship between TA and RPO. Hi, Don, and welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Matt. Really appreciate it. Uh, really excited to spend some time with you.
0: An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Please could you introduce yourself and tell us what you do?
1: Yes, I'm, uh, my name's Don Farr. I'm the Managing Director for North America at a company called TalentWorks, which is a full-service technolo- uh, talent organization. Um, we're based in the UK, have been around for 14 years. Um, and then prior to that, I actually spent about 25 years in various uh, TA leadership roles, so a lot of history there. Um, most recently, I led TA Uh, at Red Hat and then several startups. So saw a lot of scale at Red Hat over 10 years. Uh, The company grew from about 5,000 to 25,000 while I was there. And it was quite exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is a huge amount of growth. It was. uh, Red Hat had some golden years um, while I was there. They had over 60 quarters of continuous uh, growth, um, both on the revenue side, but also on the people side. And they were a very global company, you know, b- by the end, we were hiring in over 50 countries um, at a rate of, you know, seven, 8000 hires a, a year. So it was it was qu- quite a lot of hiring for the team.
0: Absolutely. So it's been yet another interesting year in the field of talent acquisition with um, a huge amount of things going on that are disrupting disrupting the industry and making it very challenging for talent acquisition leaders. As we sort of move into 2024, what do you think the biggest challenges coming up are going to be or, or the biggest challenges that continue are going to continue to be relevant into the new year?
1: Yeah, Matt, that's a great question. I get asked that question quite often. And I really think of it in two ways, really internal challenges and then some of the market challenges that, that we're going to face. Uh, on the internal side, you know, what we've seen is sort of unprecedented uh, reorganizations um, and reductions within talent organizations, um, especially in technology. Um, and in my mind, that's caused a lot of brain drain, right? You've got a lot of good people uh, who've been displaced um, and even entire organizations that have been displaced. So I think with that, as you move into 2024, and, and hopefully the economy improves, which we're starting to see a little bit, there's going to be an increase in hiring, uh, but not necessarily the capacity to meet those hiring needs, uh, or even um, the leadership um, and, and uh, the ability to kind of create the new strategies for 24 and beyond. So I think that's a, that's a, that's a big challenge. Um, I think overall as well, so the, the planning uh, has been uh, very vital within organizations. So uh, workforce planning is is um, really challenged. Um, and therefore, uh, as uh, a talent leader, it's, it's hard to time it, uh, determine what kind of capacity that you need.
0: And do you think that volatility is going to get worse, better, or, or sort of stay the same as we move forward?
1: You know, that's hard to say when I was at Red Hat. And then after that, um, at a couple of startups, um, I saw that it was always challenging to get an accurate staffing plan, even, you know, a quarter out. And so you had to be incredibly agile almost on a week or monthly basis. I think for a lot of organizations, that's going to continue because there's so much unpredictability in the, in the business. Um, and I see this across industries. Uh, so I think it's going to continue. And I think that there's going to be a premium on organizations that uh, have the flexibility to to move their hiring capacity up and down as needed uh, frequently. And tell us a
0: little bit about the evolution of RPO. What's been happening in the RPO sector over the last sort of two or three years?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. and And, and one that I think is evolving. But when you think about RPO and many people think about RPO, I think they think about high volume. They think about kind of the easiest vanilla roles. You know, they think about sectors uh, like the the consumer sector where um, you, you have uh, a lot of seasonality. Um, Think about Macy's trying to hire um, for the holiday period. And what we've seen is that, there are other companies uh, in the tech markets, in the healthcare industry, in the financial industry, uh, that are needing to supplement their internal recruiting teams uh, with uh, external help, and so RPOs have really started to evolve uh, into much more customized, uh, project-based or hybrid RPO capabilities where they customize the, the to the needs of the uh, whatever company they're they're working with. And, you know, that's still evolving, but, but it's, it's certainly something that's needed, especially given the flexibility I mentioned earlier that's, that's uh, so important.
0: I mean, give us some examples of the sort of type of projects or the way that that kind of works in practice.
1: Yeah, so I think when we uh, meet with a customer, we're, we're always trying to understand what their, their challenges are. And then every single engagement is different based upon that. Sometimes it's uh, a point engagement uh, to to hire a dozen or two dozen specific project based uh, roles. Uh, sometimes it's you know based upon a large initiative within a function, whether that's you know the go to market side of a business or the, the technical side of a business. But it's it's not the the three year uh, we're going to handle all your recruiting. It's it's more we're going to be an extension to your team, partner with you. And, and really be a solution for you for a period of time. Um, and, and often it's, it's not years, but it's months.
0: And what's the, the, the kind of mindset that a TA leader needs to have or develop to work effectively in this kind of hybrid RPA model?
1: Yeah, I think what I, in talking to um, TA leaders, the challenge is that they still have a vendor mindset uh, when working with RPOs. Uh, and therefore it's it's they're ru- rushing to set the projects up um, instead of really thinking through the implementation more in a partnership uh, mindset. And that's really critical to the success of these projects I mentioned.
0: And particularly, I suppose, with these these shorter projects, what are the advantages for using an RPO as opposed to, for example, a, a more traditional recruitment agency?
1: Yeah. The agencies um, are focused on driving fees and revenue, and they typically are higher cost, where the RPO is really focused on uh, really the needs of the customer. Uh, typically they are lower costs. and they're they have an ability to kind of really be focused and you have a dedicated team uh, that's helping you fill these roles. So I think in terms of that flexibility, it's often a better model than you see with, you know, trying to plug an agency in and and find the talent that way.
0: A quick message from our sponsor, Winolo. Hi, everyone. I want to tell you about Winolo. That's W-O-N-O-L-O. Winolo stands for Work Now Locally. Winolo enables businesses to find quality workers for on-demand, seasonal, short-term and long-term work. Ditch the bulky paperwork and interview process and use Winolo to find quality workers fast and get work done even faster. With flexible workers and no platform fees, you can save on operating costs, meet demand and maximise earnings with ease. Winolo is available in over 100 markets including Chicago, Dallas, Atlanta, New York and Seattle. Get workers who are ready to work and spend less time finding them with Winolo. Go to www.winolo.com pod. That's wwww dot slash pod and take the stress out of finding workers. What are the elements that kind of have to be sort of the the core elements that need to be sort of put in place to make this work? If you're setting up a a project, what has to be established to make this really successful relationship?
1: Yeah, I think first you have to really spend the time to do the proper um, implementation and onboarding of of the RPO team that includes creating a a really clear process uh, for both that team as well as how it's going to work and interact with your internal team. You need to really understand roles and responsibilities, um, set up a RACI model that really brings clarity to that, Uh, and then also be very inclusive in the way that you're partnering. Uh, They need to be connected to your technologies, whether it's the CRM or ATS. Um, They need to be included in even team meetings, and there's got to be a very uh, clear path for escalation and really solving problems together that come about with with the business and and you know with the existing team so change management um needs to be a part of the plan because for a, a lot of uh internal organization uh, ta teams they view sometimes this new presence of an rpo is threatening when really it should be um really uh, a, a partnership that they, and, and, and a way of working that's really effective together.
0: You mentioned technology there. Tell us more about the role of technology, and I suppose in particular, how AI is changing things or is, is, is gonna potentially change things in the future?
1: So technology has always been an important part of recruiting. So for sure, the RPO team needs to be uh, connected and leveraging uh, the ATS. Uh, your talent CRM, if you have one. And then also, RPOs are really at the forefront of trying to figure out how to fill difficult positions. And they're thinking through how to leverage AI to do that. Uh, so I think AI is becoming much more prevalent. And some of the RPO firms are at the forefront of looking at the the, the innovative tools that are out there to help with uh, screening candidates, uh, or even generating interview questions. An example of that is recently I had a, a client who asked if they we could create a culture assessment based upon the core values of the company. They had five. And we were actually able to leverage some AI technology to generate behavioral interview questions to create that assessment for them and do it very, very quickly, you know, kind of a one day turnaround. Um, and they were really happy about that because you know they hadn't had an assessment like that prior. And I think AI played a big part of being able to turn it around quickly.
0: So it's obviously been an interesting few years in terms of how TA is structured and the the potential kind of re- changing of relationship between TA and, and RPO. What do you think the the future looks like? What's the, the balance of the TA team in the future? What would your advice be to TA leaders listening in terms of how they should be planning for the future and visioning, um, you know, where, where their function is going?
1: Well, that's a great question, Matt. Um, I think the first thing is the challenge that everybody is faced with is this, how do you meet the capacity when planning is and, and staffing needs, um, are always uh, moving up or down very quickly. And, uh, so the, the flexibility agility that you need to have in your organizational structure is critical. You have a few choices there. Um, Traditionally, people have used agencies. Maybe they've used some contractors. And often they've just added to their team only to have to uh, let that, that team go later on. I think RPOs and this new breed of RPOs can play a big, can be a great solution to the flexibility that people need. And in order to do that, you need to be willing to have a partnership and really think about RPOs not as a vendor but as as a partner and the possibility of uh, being an extension of your team. And and therefore, if you're thinking ahead as a TA leader, you need to really investigate what are the RPO organizations out there uh, that can be that strategic partner for you uh, and have those in place before you you have a senior executive come to you with hundreds of hires uh, that you're not prepared uh, to, to make. And if you're really smart about it and you've got those partners lined up, then you're in a a better position to sort of meet the needs of the business.
0: And I suppose as as a final question, a little bit of a follow up to that and coming back to AI again, do you think that AI is going to... Replace recruiters? Will we see a future where RPO companies are are plugging in specialist AI stacks to deliver on projects?
1: You know, I think that there'll be components of the recruiting responsibility and model that do get replaced. But I think that, you know, for the foreseeable future, people are always going to be a part of hiring, you know. So where I see AI really impacting things is really on the screening side, you know, at the top end of the the talent funnel, perhaps in the the selection component, uh, making interview processes a little bit more efficient um, and maybe less bias. Uh, And then eventually, I think they'll also help with, uh, you know, making decisions on things like compensation and offers, uh, where the AI tool actually has all the information um, and competitive information, market information, etc., to really guide uh, an organization or a recruiter uh, on what offer should be made. So I think there's lots of different areas that that AI will become prevalent within uh, recruiting, but I don't foresee a a time, at least right now, uh, that we won't have people involved. Don, thank you very much for joining me. Thanks, Matt. I really appreciate it.
0: My thanks to Don. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at RecruitingFuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter, Recruiting Future Feast, and get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me.
1: This is my show.